It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome you to Calvary Live. This is the radio program where you, the listener, get to call in and be on the air live to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living. Perhaps you got a prayer request. We would love to pray with you and all the listeners joining in. And then perhaps you got a praise report uh, to encourage others that God is working in your life and he desires to work in all of our lives. You heard the number to call to be live on the air. The number is 303-690-3000. Again, 303-690-3000. We'd love to hear from you on this afternoon. I am your host, Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. That's in northern Colorado. And I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners in Colorado along the Front Range, uh, down in southern Colorado from Pueblo up to Monument. That includes the Colorado Springs area, uh, Fountain. I'd love to hear from you guys down in that part of Colorado. And then also in northern Colorado on 89.7 FM, and that is Castle Rock and metro area up into southern Wyoming. I also like to welcome all the Hope FM listeners uh, as Calvary Live is now available to you for you to call in. Uh, listeners in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. We are blessed to be able to answer your calls and questions. It's the same number, 303-690-3000, to be live on the air. So grab one of those open lines as we begin to show. There is a means for you to be able to text in a question. It's a text line, and we'll answer those questions. That number is 720-336-0897. And again, I would just encourage you, put those numbers in your favorites on your phone, and uh, that way you can just pull it up and be able to call the radio program uh, and talk on the air or be able to text in a question. Again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Be in a safe place as you text in a question, and we'll take a look at at those questions that you text in. I uh, would like to read to you from Psalm 19. I was thinking about this here uh, at Calvary Chapel, and uh, we love to emphasize the Word of God. This is what this radio station is about, both on Grace FM and Hope FM. And it reminds me how David, uh, the sweet psalmist of Israel in Psalm 19, writes about how important and beneficial and how much of a blessing the Word of God is. I want to read to you from Psalm 19, verse 7 through 11. As David writes, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So he's telling us about the great blessings that there are in knowing the Word of God and uh, how much it should be of value to us, even more valuable than uh, gold and and uh, 
uh, yes, than much fine gold and sweeter than honey than a honeycomb. So I pray that this next hour, that as we talk about the things of the Lord and look at the Word of God together, that it would truly be a blessing and a benefit to you. So get online. Uh, th- those lines, we have an open line, 303-690-3000, and a text number, 720-336-0897. Again, I'd love to hear from uh, you guys out in the East Coast. I'd uh, be able to talk with you, and you be a part of the show. Let's go to line one to Michael from Denver. Michael? Hello, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed of God. Norm- Sometimes I have to call in for prayer because I'm having a rough day. But uh-huh. today I'm, call- I'm calling in with a praise report. Okay, great. And what, and what I want and I want to give all thanks and praise and, and, and honor to God for who he is. I have a, yes. I live a hard life. I'm homeless and I live in my car and I work and I'm life is not easy for me, but I thank God for his daily provision for me that he takes care of me. And from where I started from and where I'm at today, I now know that uh, God loved me so much. No matter what I'm going through, he's right there with me. And that he's working in my present, he's working in my future, and he's worked in my past. And I just want to thank God for that. And that I'm really learning now that that my identity is in Christ Jesus, is in Jesus Jesus Christ, my Lord. And that uh, no matter what, uh, there's nothing that I have in this life that is that I can consider more than garbage. But but God and His Son and and His Holy Spirit, and I just want to thank God for for what He's done in my life. I thank I thank Him for Calvary Live. I listen to your program at at, at Under the Fig Tree, and I want to thank Him for that. And I just want to encourage other people, no matter what you're dealing with. No matter what you feel like, what you're looking at around you, going on around you, you're not alone in all this. God is right there. His son, Jesus Christ, is he's walking right there with you. I just want yeah, to say thank you. Is. You bet. And thanks, Michael, and calling in and giving that praise report and encouraging others that the Lord's going to work in their lives. Michael, I want to pray for you because I know you've called in, and um, and I'm just blessed to hear that he's working in your life. As Father, I just continue to pray for Michael. And uh, I thank you that he's being blessed by the radio program and uh, Calvary Live. And uh, just to hear how you're working in his life, uh, his life that's been hard and difficult. And, Lord, you know everything about him, and you care for him and love him. I pray that you continue to just have him keep his eyes on you, to grow in the Word, to know that you love him, uh, that you're continuing to to show yourself strong on his behalf, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that he asks and thinks. So, Lord, I pray continue to do that work in Michael and through Michael. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, brother. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. God bless you. Okay, you have a good evening. You too, sir. You bet. Okay, how this works is when somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so grab one of those open lines. Again, love to hear from you from the east and uh, coast and uh, on Hope FM 
as you are now joining us on Calvary Live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. Give us a call at 303-690-3000. Let's go to line two to Chris from Elizabeth, Colorado. Hello. Hello. Is this Chris? It is. I'm sorry. I'm on my cell phone. I think this is a bad area. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, and there's a lot of static, so that's a little better right there. You still with me? Yeah, there we go. Um, All right. My question how are you? is I am struggling to understand how the sovereignty of God and our accountability for our own sin fit together, and I'm also struggling to find free will in the Scriptures. I, I yeah. see where we're accountable for sin and for our choices, but what mm-hmm. I'm seeing is more like the Scriptures about slavery, that we're a slave to the enemy, that right. um, that we can't even make a right choice without God. So if you— right. If you understand what I'm asking, if you could try to help me and have some scriptures for me, yeah, it's, that would it's be a good, awesome. Yeah, that's a good question, Chris. And when you have it all figured out, will you call and let me know? Because <laughs> okay, it, it's, a, it, it's a difficult question, and it's a question that uh, raises all kinds of debate and struggling and straining, And because both is talked about in the scriptures. There's the sovereignty of God. Um, you know, it talks about Romans chapter eight that he pre, you know, destines us according to his will. But here's the thing about it: that God is all knowing; He knows everything. It does teach in the Scripture that, as Jesus said, "You haven't chosen me; I've chosen you." And um, there is that uh, part that God chooses us; um, He's predestined us, but He predestines us according to His foreknowledge. In other words. He knows the end from the beginning, as Isaiah declares. So he knows who are going to be his. And um, and that's something that you and I don't have. We, we don't have foreknowledge. We don't have an infinite mind like the Lord does. We have a finite mind trying to figure out an infinite God. So the, the Bible, Chris, the Bible teaches both. The Bible teaches that we are chosen, um, that, um, that uh, he has predestined us according to his foreknowledge, but also it talks about whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that speaks about a choice. Um, you know, whosoever includes everybody. So there is the free will of man. There is the responsibility of man to respond to the call. Now you mentioned that as the Bible declares that we've all gone astray, um, all of us, like sheep that have gone astray. Uh, no, not one understands. It is the work of the Holy Spirit drawing us to himself. And in John's gospel, Jesus in that upper room was saying that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper is going to come, and his ministry is to convict the world of sin. In other words, he's convicting everyone of sin to draw you know, people to himself. And it's a work of the Lord, but we do have a responsibility to respond to that call. And and so that's taught as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Peter would write in his epistle, second epistle, that is God's desire that none should perish but all come into, you know, um, the knowledge of him to salvation. Mm-hmm. So it's God's desire that we all come to the, the knowledge of him. But here's the thing, Chris. 
is that he's not going to force his way into our lives. One of the things about love is love demands a choice. I've been married for 27 years, and when I asked my wife Sue to marry me, I didn't force her. Um, I didn't put a, you know, uh, a gun to her head and threaten her if she didn't marry me. You know, I, she had a choice, and um, and we have a choice as well. Now, how it all works together, I don't fully understand. But, you know, I used to, Chris, really struggle with that. And, Lord, why did you choose me? Why would you choose somebody like me? Why did you choose me to be a pastor? And you know what I've done? I've stopped worrying about the why, and I just rejoice in it. I rejoice in it. And um, and I rejoice that he chose me, but also I know that I had the opportunity to respond to him. And, um, and so that's how it works together. And that's about as good as I can explain it. I can maybe get into a little bit more detail, but we can't fully figure it out um, because you are talking about the sovereignty of God. So both are true in the Scriptures, and both are taught in the Scriptures. And just be thankful that the Lord chose you. And, um, and he, yeah, rejoice in it. But also that you respond to the call. And that's why there are some that, you know, they're called hyper-Calvinists or whatever, um, the extreme end. There's not a lot of them, but there's a few that say, well, you you know, you don't need to really go out and evangelize or you shouldn't evangelize uh, because God has chosen and it doesn't matter and uh, and all of this. Well, we're told to go out and evangelize. Here's the thing. that's not biblical. No, and, you know, we're to go out. We're instructed to go out, make disciples. We're instructed to go out and to evangelize. We're instructed to give the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give that to, um, I'm going to be, that is, I'm going to be faithful to do that as much as I can. That's why, you know, especially in the days in which we're living in, Chris, I want to, to be faithful and given the gospel. That's our hope. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what we need. And, um, and that's the hope for everyone. Who responds to it, I'm going to pray that, Lord, that you draw them, as I pray for individuals, as I pray for my city, Greeley, for Weld County, for Northern Colorado, for those who are listening on the radio, Lord, you, you know, draw them. But the work of salvation is his, and that's where mm-hmm. I leave it. And um, and I can rejoice when he does that work of salvation and uh, just marvel at it. So I don't know if that helps you or not. Okay, well, thank you very much. It does. I appreciate the time. Yeah, it's God a good you. question. You too, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Let's go to our good friend, Bianca. How are Bianca? you doing, Pastor Jeff? I'm good, Bianca. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I would just like some prayer for just my family. We're not really going through any real, real hard times, but I mean, there is some... I guess we all go through something, and and we all need to seek the Lord. And unfortunately, not all of my family is seeking the Lord. So 
I guess just pray for all my family that are non-believers, the ones both here and in Mexico. I'd love to. Father, I pray for Bianca's family. You know every single one of them, the ones here and the ones in Mexico. Um, Lord, I do pray that um, you would draw them to yourself, that you would do that work uh, in their hearts to soften their hearts, to open their ears, to take the blindness away and the things that are blinded in. Or um, the Bible says the natural man has no understanding that you would do that work by your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, you know every single one of them, and um, you know every family member. You love them, and I pray that you give Bianca just the wisdom and discernment and um, to be able to minister to her family. I pray that uh, you would uh, just um, give her the words to say. So I lift up Bianca, her family to you, every member, um, and lift them up for you to do a work and that you would just uh, do that work of salvation, do that work of giving wisdom and direction and softening hearts, and make yourself real to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And please remember that our next Pray for Israel event will take place in two weeks from today. So, Okay. I'll be sure to mention that, Bianca. All right. Have a good day. Thank you, Bianca. Bye. Talk to you. Bye-bye. It's important that we pray for our families, and don't stop praying for family members, because I think that all of you that are listening today, that all of us have family members that don't know the Lord or perhaps aren't, you know, uh, drawing close to the Lord, uh, maybe perhaps distracted by the things of the world, whatever the case may be. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray for your spouses, pray for your children, pray for your family members, and and make that a priority in your life. We just had a uh, conference here uh, this last Saturday. We had 160 ladies here for a one-day conference at Calvary Greeley, and it was the theme was prayer. And uh, one of the things that we're really emphasizing this year that the Lord has put on my heart is that we're, we're a church that really emphasizes the study of the Word of God, but how prayer is so important, especially in the day in which we're living in, and so important for the life of a believer, for a family, and for this church family. And uh, so we're really wanting to just spend time in prayer, time in uh, praying for families, uh, individuals, praying for our community, praying for our nation, because uh, we're in interesting days, and I believe the Lord is coming soon, and, and prayer is something, there's power in prayer, and, and it's the vehicle in which God works. So Bianca, in asking for prayer for her family, is reminding us of something um, that is very, very important. So be in prayer and uh, make it a priority, and it's a privilege to be able to pray and intercede on behalf of people and for your church and uh, pray for your leaders and for your community and uh, we're going to see God work as we do that. Let's go to line one to Kathy from Denver. Kathy, Hello. how are you today? Pretty good. I've got a, a biblical question. Sure. Um, I've, I've got a situation where my daughter has um, been approached by her husband um, with him saying to her that um, he has... Um, had um, 
he, he has set desires for um, other guys and that okay. he is no longer wanting to keep it a secret from her. He has not mm-hmm. acted on these feelings, um, but he felt like it was fair to tell her that he had these feelings. Um, so we're we're trying to um, guide her biblically on um, this situation. Um, it, she's she's trying to to um, see if if this is the kind of a an act where she should divorce or if she should just live with this idea the rest of her life. Yeah, Yeah, Kathy, and I understand it's a difficult situation as all of a sudden your daughter has a husband that's struggling with homosexual tendencies. Um, Let me ask you this just real quick. Are are they Christians? Do they 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 go to a church? Yes, they are both Christians. Um, He is absolutely ripped up. Yeah. Um, over and, this. and I think right now is for them to get some counseling for, for him to go in, for them to go in together and to work through this. Um, you know, th- there hasn't been any act uh, of infidelity on his nope. part or um, all of that. So um, nope. this is a time to really go to the Lord and ask the Lord uh, to do healing, to ask the Lord to do a work in his heart and in their marriage. But it's going to take some counseling and support from the church and getting some counseling and to move forward in that area. Um, I would not advise at all uh, f- to to get divorced, but allow the Lord to do that work that he wants to do yeah. in their lives right now. As difficult as it is, he came out and he was honest about it and he struggles with this. It, it, it may be, um, it's not the same, but uh, a husband who says, I struggle with, you know, lust. I struggle with, you know, tendency to uh, go after other women. And um, and that's where there's uh, going to be a lot of prayer and a lot of leaning on the Lord and searching the Lord in his word and getting counseling and, um, and that accountability and all that. But for them to move forward um, in those things. And it's hard. I know it's difficult, but the Lord can do yeah. that work and he desires to do that work. So that's what, um, I would suggest for them to keep looking to the Lord in this situation and, uh, allow the Lord to work and the work in his heart. And, um, and the Lord desires to do that. So, um, yeah. yeah. So hopefully that helps. Well, yeah, she's, she's talking like she's just feeling so, so guilty that she's, um, uh, uh, really feels like she is unable to stay together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they, neither one of them know what to do. They really don't. Um, can you, can you suggest a place that they could begin to look for a counselor? Well, um, how about, we've the, kind of wondered go... about focus on the family or a place yeah, like that. On... Focus on the family has some very good resources on that subject, and I'm sure they would be a help. Uh, do they belong to a church? 
Um, yes. And you don't have but, to, you don't have to say the church, the no, name of the church, fine. but if if they I'm, can go I'm concerned to their... that if if they go to the church that word is going to get around town. Right. Right. Um, Here's the thing about counseling at a church. It should be done in confidence that it doesn't have to get around. It doesn't have to get around in the church. Um, People need to feel safe. You know, one of the things here is people come is that that's in confidentiality. I don't talk about it over the pulpit. I don't talk to, you know, others about it. Um, Being a chaplain for the sheriff's office, I got guys that come here and talk to me that they want a place of safety to be able to come and talk to me. So they should have that. But there are resources out there, uh, focus on the family, um, others that you may be able to find um, and to be able to help them. But um, that's what they need. They need help. And I would encourage them. Yeah. I understand sh- your daughter's thrown for a loop. Um, <laughs> oh, she's yeah. Prob- yeah, I'm sure she is. But it's hard to work on your marriage if you're separated. And it's hard to work on well, your marriage if you're seeking divorce. Because here's the thing. The enemy's right. going to take that, and he's going to blow the doors wide open on it. Yep. And um, and so they need to take it moment by moment, day by day, be in prayer together, seeking God's you know, uh, help and uh, for him for forgiveness, for, for them to um, you know, put things in place to where uh, they're searching the scriptures and getting encouragement from the word of God. And it yeah. has to be a work of the Holy Spirit in his life and as well as hers. And to let the Lord do that work. And uh, sometimes what we want to do is we want to run for the hills and we want to give up before we allow the Lord to really mm-hmm. work. And that's what I would encourage them to do that. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Can you give an area um, for them to look in the Bible? Is, is there yeah. an area that, that we could send them to? First Corinthians chapter seven is what I'm thinking of right now. And it talks about That very thing, because when Paul was writing, they were coming out of, in chapter 6, he says this. I'll read it to you. He says, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor homosexuals, sodomites. And he goes down the list, and such were some of you. He's not saying that if you commit those sins, that, that you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. He's saying those who are habitually, continually uh, involved in those sins with no conviction. Um, But he goes on, and then in uh, the next chapter, they're asking him questions. You know, Lord, uh, uh, or they're asking Paul, that is, you know, we have husbands that we're married to that are unbelievers that may be involved in different things, Uh and, um, you know, carnality and idolatry and all this. Do we stay with them? Do we have physical relations with them? And First Corinthians chapter seven gives some guidelines. He says, if you do um, separate, it's for a time, and that's to give yourself to prayer and fasting. The problem is a lot of people don't do that. They they just separate for means of um, to get away. But there is a short period where they can do that, um, and it doesn't mean they have to separate. You know, it's talking about physically um, being physically involved with one another, not separating from their homes or where their living conditions are, but to be able to do that. And then he goes on and he says that if you have an unbeliever that wants to stay with you, stay. Now, I'm not saying that your son-in-law is an unbeliever, but the encouragement is keep your marriage vows 
and allow the Lord to keep working because it says that, you know, uh, that the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Um, it goes on to say that, um, that uh, you know, um, you know, that a woman who has a husband who uh, does not believe, but if he's willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. And um, and it, and it yeah. also goes on to say that, you know, you are one that is uh, a witness to them. So she can help him and she can be a benefit to him in that. So yeah. um, th- that's where you encourage to keep your marriage vows is what it's saying and allow the Lord to work and to get some counseling, get some help. Um, like I said, focus on the yeah. family will steer you. So, but hey, Kathy, I want you to you stay so on the much. line. Yeah, and and I want you to stay on the line. I'm going to be back in just a minute, and then I want to pray for them. Okay? Yes. You stay right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. And welcome to the second half of Calvary Live. And right before the break, I was on the air uh, with Kathy. Kathy, you still with us? I am. Hey, one of the things, somebody did just text in too, and I appreciate you that text us in. Another ministry is Every Man's Battle. You might look that up and see their resources and ministry that they have available. So every man's battle. And um, I just wanted to take the time. We had to go to break, Kathy, but let's go ahead and pray for, for your kids. Father, I just pray Thank for you. them. I pray that you would help them. Um, they're both struggling. It's, it's difficult. But, Lord, that you would do the work of restoring and healing and forgiveness and um, all that would be a part as they move forward looking to you because you can do that work. You desire to do that work, and I pray that they would get the help that they need from their church, um, that um, they would get help from uh, those that they can trust in, uh, other resources that are out there, the body of Christ, but uh, you would do that. And I just pray for Kathy that you help her minister to her daughter, to her son-in-law, to encourage them that there is help that comes from the Lord and um, a, a work of the Holy Spirit and that you would uh, keep this marriage to where it moves forward and it becomes better than ever before. Um, and, Lord, that their love would be rekindled for each other and um, just spiritually, emotionally, physically as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you right. so much. All right, I've, you bet. I've got some resources now, and and okay. uh, thank you so much for talking with me. Okay. All right. We'll be praying. Uh, thank you, sir. You mm-hmm. bet. Bye-bye. The number to call is 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. Love to hear from you. Uh, as we go into the second half of the show, let's go to line two to Joseph from Parker. Hi. Joseph, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? Good. Hey, Thanks for calling. So I, I had a question really quick. Uh-huh. Um, so the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, right? right uh, a lot of people identify him as Christ, and I would agree that he's, you know, obviously identified with being God. But I just, you know, I, 
I don't see any, uh, I mean, there's like a little bit, but is there any like big verse that says, you know, the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, same person? Yeah, and, you know, they, it's what theologians call a theophany or Christophany, yeah. an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And there's sometimes the angel of the Lord is used where, um, uh, you know, there's a debate among theologians, is it really a Christophany or not? I, I think one of the things that, uh, for example, in Joshua chapter 5, yeah. it, it doesn't talk use that term angel of the Lord, but uh-huh. uh, the commander of the army of the Lord yeah. has come. And it says that Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Uh-huh. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot for your place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Uh-huh. Uh, I think for me, I believe that's a Christophany in that case, um, Joseph, because he's worshiping um, this, this, you know, commander of the Lord's army. Right. Um, and if it was an angel that wasn't Jesus in every other case, like for John, when he fell down before the angel worship, right. the angel said, don't do that. You know, yeah. this is your, I'm just a servant like you are. But here, um, the commander of the Lord's army said, you know, you're on holy ground and Joshua worshiped him. So in, in that case, you see that. So um, I'm trying to think at the top of my head, other places, uh, maybe you can help me, Joseph, well, um, you, where you, you know, see it, the angel of the Lord. Yeah, I, I was reading a, Zechariah too, and I love that. Or, uh, um, I, you know, I love it. Or, sorry, no, Zechariah three, and I, it should be verse two. Uh, okay. But it's it says you know, uh, priorly in three one. It says the angel of the Lord stood by, and then the Lord said, "The Lord rebuke you." You know, so it's kind of like this angel of the Lord here is being, you know, uh, identified as the Lord, but it's right. like. You know, there's two people here being Lord, right? Yeah, and I think so, in that in that case in Zechariah chapter three, remember Zechariah is having visions, and uh, he has this vision of Joshua the high priest, and I think it's right. a powerful vision of you know there he is. According to the people, he would be in beautiful garments, you know, the priestly robes, and there he is um, filled, as yeah. the the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it falls in line with he's the accuser, the brethren who accuses yeah, us right. day and night, Revelation chapter 12. And then the Lord, L-O-R-D, that's the name of God that is used there, uh-huh. said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And yeah. um, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. And then take off his clothes and put on new garments, which speaks of that we are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. So in that vision that's there, uh, I believe it is the Lord because the Lord's uh, L-O-R-D uh, capitalizes the name of the Lord is used, and yeah. um, and it just makes sense to me as I look at that. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah, I, it's like I I see you know instances, and I think like a, a big one maybe would be like the Daniel three twenty five, but then like right. people debate about that. It's like, well, it's not really Jesus, you know. So I don't know. What do you right. think about that one? Yeah, in Daniel three, what was that? 25. 25. Yeah. Look, I see four men. Um, uh-huh. Oh, no, four just like the Son of God. Uh, you know, I, I think it was uh, the Lord with them. Um, yeah. It's like the Son of God, and that's where people debate it. You know, it, it's like the Son of God, so it wasn't. So maybe it was an angel. Um, but we do know that uh, 
that there was a miracle that happened there. Uh, I have a tendency to think that it was the Lord uh, uh-huh. that was with them, and um, again, bringing protection to them. But you know, that's open to debate and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was, and, uh, I, yeah. I was thinking because it's like in twenty-five, it says the Son of God, but then later on, it says, uh, "Blessed be God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego." who sent his angel and delivered it. So it's like, I could see there yeah. where Jesus is being identified as an angel, but then you get into Hebrews 1, and it's like Jesus isn't an angel, right? So I don't want to be playing, you know, I don't right. want to be, like, assuming yeah. something that's not there, so to speak. Right, right. And um, and so um, I think that in Daniel chapter 3, when Nebuchadnezzar knew a great deal about, you know, the God of of, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right. He says he is the God who sends the Savior, he said. He's a God of great power. He's a God worthy of trust, you know. Um, but uh, he knew a lot about God, but he didn't know him personally. So he's going, he's like the Son of God. But, yeah, you know, I think you hit on something important, Joseph, that we don't want to see Jesus on the same level as angels. Uh-huh. And that's that's why the author of Hebrews goes to great um, extent and telling us that Jesus is superior, superior than any angel. Uh-huh. And um, he's greater than, because angels are created beings, he's the mm-hmm. creator. So, um, you know, there can be those debates in the Old Testament, whether it's truly a Christophany or not, the appearance of Jesus Christ. But in every instance, we know God's working. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, keep studying the Word. Keep looking hey, at well, it. I, I thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it, it is a hard, like, I'm sorry, but it, I don't know. It's it's something that, yeah. you know, was kind of bugging me because I don't want to assume something that's not there, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you study it, and I think that, you know, um, that Jesus was with them in the fire. I think that Zacharias, yeah. it was the Lord. Um, you know, that Joshua was standing before the Lord because it's holy ground. So those instances, but there's always, uh, you know, like with Melchizedek, was that Jesus or not? Um, yeah. There's the debate and all that, and it's not worth dividing over. Uh, uh, it's interesting. There's very good Bible teachers that um, say, yes, it, it is Jesus. There's others that say, no, it wasn't Jesus. It was like, you know, um, uh, one, you know, so anyway, it becomes a debate and keep studying the scriptures. Well, I thank you. Awesome. Well, you bet. Good question. Thanks, Joseph. You have a great day, too. All right. All right, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line three to Brandy. Brandy from Brighton. How are you? I'm doing good. I have a quick question for you. I'm calling. I have um, found out from a friend that there's a church that is using canned or kind of um, purchased sermons and outlines. And so Uh I Googled around, and I'm actually finding, like, a lot of the churches in the metro area are doing this, and I'm just trying to—I don't—it's not weighing well on me, and I'm just trying to get some advice. Is it—when you mean canned sermons, like, it's—they purchase the sermons because— Kind of what I've heard, Brandy, is this that bothers me is, for example, um, you know, like um, a certain book comes out and it's popular and let's do eight weeks to churches in town, say, and so they buy the sermons or they get the sermon preps or whatever it may be. Um, 
I don't personally like that. I don't personally agree with that um, because I'm one that teaches through the Scripture. And um, you, here's the thing, Candy. There's all kinds of stuff online. You can buy a sermon, you know, sermon.com or, you know, whatever, and you can you can get teachings, you can get the notes, you can cut and paste all this other stuff. It has to be one who knows the scripture, who has the gift of teaching, and it has to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Um, that's where you want to be able to go to a church where the pastor studies. And that's what Paul would say to Timothy, right? Right. He would say, let me read it to you, that um, in First Timothy, Second Timothy, very important verse. It says, "Study this. Uh, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." And, and that's something that holds very dear to my heart. That I've been teaching the Bible for 21 years, and you know, when you first start out, you know, you're kind of it's it's a difficult thing. But uh, over time, as you're learning the scriptures and knowing the scriptures rightly dividing the word of truth, you should be able to give what the Lord has shown you to be able to speak to others and to expound on the scriptures, to be able to seek the Lord on that. I pray about every sermon, every teaching that I do. I don't just, you know, uh, make it up or uh, I I don't want to just recycle things or, you know, I study harder now than I did 10 years ago. Um, right. And that's me, and that's my personal conviction. I think what happens, this is my own opinion, this isn't for every church, but for some pastors, they can have a tendency to get lazy and mm -hmm. lazy about studying. And, you know, it's easy to get a canned sermon or it's done for you or here is eight-week sermons on this series and you can just follow the outline and... um you know, for me, for my teaching ministry, I desire to rightly divide the word of truth. It doesn't mean I don't borrow from guys. Um, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, that uh, I, I hear guys on the radio and I think, oh, that's good. That's great. And But mm -hmm. to be studying, to continue to study, rightly dividing the word of truth, to be diligent, a workman um, that um, needs not be ashamed. It takes work to put a sermon together and to pray through it and to search the scriptures. So I don't know if that helps you out. It, I guess, yeah, I, it definitely does. And I had read those same scriptures in First and Second Timothy and kind of, you know, been praying through it. I guess I was just, I guess I'm just concerned when it's, you know, more yeah. topical type studies instead of verse by verse, you know, studies. And you kind of feel, I don't know what the word is. Like, gypped in a way, yeah. if, if that it, makes sense. It makes sense. It it does, Brandy. And um, I know there's listeners out there that go to other churches and pastors that are committed to teaching the Word of God. But um, I also know that there are some that, um, you know, it's just uh, it's maybe not a priority with the pastor. Um, mm -hmm. My That's why I love Calvary Chapel. Um, and people ask me about the vision here for us at Greeley uh, Calvary Chapel, and that is I want to make sure they're the best-fed, best-loved sheep in, in Greeley. 
And there's churches here that teach the word and they love their people and they're doing the work of the Lord. But I do not want to get lazy in teaching the word of God. If anything, um, I want to continue to study because I got so much more to learn and I want to seek the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit to help me deliver that to the people uh, that they may grow in the word of God. So that's my desire. Right. So then should there be any guilt if I decided that I wanted to leave a church because of this? You know, preferably consider it, but this is where I would be. And um, if I was not getting fed at a church, I would leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay. You know, some people have a hard time leaving a church because their family goes there. Or, But if I was not getting fed, I, for me, if I'm looking for a church for me and my family— I have to be fed. If I'm not getting fed right. the Word of God, if the pastor is not um, serious about teaching the Word of God, I wouldn't go there. And right. I know that may sound a little bit harsh, or but um, I want a church that teaches the Word of God, that's going through it. Again, I have a preference. There's nothing wrong with with um, with uh, ser- you know t- uh, sermon t- uh, series and things like that. I understand that. I get that. But I have a preference of going through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, chapter upon chapter, you know, uh, line upon line, precept upon precept. I believe that's the best way to grow in the Word of God and, and mm-hmm. to be fed and to be equipped um, that, you know, uh, we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. and. Uh, for my family to learn, especially in the day in which we're living in. Because, Brandy, here's the truth. If people don't know the Word of God, they're going to get deceived, and they're going to get pulled into entertainment. They're going to get pulled into bells and whistles. They're going to get pulled into, you know, useless babblings, all this stuff that doesn't really matter. Um, I want the meat of the Word. I don't want the the chaff. I want the meat of the word. I want to grow in the word. I I would want a church that emphasizes the teaching of the word in the environment of love and um, that is committed to teaching the scriptures. And if that isn't there, I wouldn't go to the church. Okay. Okay. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. You bet. And so, Brandy, let me pray for you, okay? Thank you. Father, I pray for Brandy, and it's a it's a big decision to make, and um, I'm sure it's weighing on her heart heavily, but Lord, that you would give her a peace about what she should do and um, where she should go and how she's going to grow. And that's for all our listeners out there, to, to be in a church that is teaching the Word of God in the environment of love and uh, a pastor who's serious about expounding on the scriptures, studying the scriptures, being a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I just pray you guide Brandy and just help her in this very important um, part of her life, her spiritual life, and being a part of a family of believers in a church. So I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brandy, Amen. thanks for calling. Appreciate your Thank call. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You Bye-bye. bet. All right. What I'd like to do while we got a minute, I know that we're going to go right back to the phone lines, but beginning of the show, Frank asked if we would pray for his wife, Donna, uh, who's needing some surgery, and um, she's intending to go on a mission trip to Ukraine. So I'd like to do that. And, Father, I pray for Donna. I, I pray for her, uh, for her surgery coming up. Uh, she's got a bladder infection. I pray for healing for that. Uh, her teeth has given her a problem. 
um, Lord, uh, that you bring healing to her, that she would be strong enough to be able to go on this um, mission trip to Ukraine. Um, and Lord, so work in her life. Bring that healing. I pray that surgery would go well to bring healing to her, to her body. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to get that prayer in. Let's go to line one to Michael from Colorado Springs. I'm How here. are you, Michael? How you doing? Doing good, sir. Doing real good. Thank you for taking my call. You good? Hey, excuse me. I got a. Uh, my mother is involved with a study group at her retirement center, and uh, the gentleman that's leaving the group, he made a comment. There's no way you can lose your salvation. Well, my mom was big on baptism and the unpardonable sin, and if you turn your back on the Lord, you know it says He'll turn your back on you. So um, I, I printed off some stuff off the internet, but I said I would seek um, some additional help in that area. Can you possibly offer some assistance to help clarify that for her? Yeah, yeah, because it's a big debate. There's a big debate about can you lose your salvation or not. And um, one of the things that uh, that I want to give you some scripture. I believe in the security of the believer. Um, I, I believe that. Um, that as you come to Christ, as you're born again, uh, I don't see really anything in Scripture that says you can be unborn again. But th- there are some verses that I look to. And, uh, Michael, I don't know if your radio's on or what, but I'm getting a little bit of feedback. If your radio is on, if you can just turn that down. I will. And, I'll reach uh, over and turn it off. Just one second. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That's great. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let me give you this. Um that it talks about being um, sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Um, we have that actually in Ephesians. And I'm trying to remember this real quick at the top of my head. And I believe also, um, yeah, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, Now he has prepared us for this very thing as God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So there's the the Spirit as a guarantee. The Scripture talks about in Ephesians, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That word seal is a very important word. It's actually the same word that is used when, um, in Revelation chapter 20, when Satan is bound up and thrown into the bottomless pit, it says there was a seal that was put on him. In other words, he cannot get out. He cannot break that seal. Well, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and it has the idea of, you know, uh, they would seal a package. It, it belongs to the owner. So those are the verses that we see, that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that he's given the Spirit uh, as a guarantee, those kinds of promises that are given to us. Jesus said that if you're in the Father's hand, no one will pluck you out. Um, I just see that promises given throughout the scriptures uh, that I take as the security of believer, um, you know, that the debate comes with this, um, Michael, and I know that there are some listening that may not agree with me or agree with, you know, that um, with the security of believer. Um, But here's the thing. I believe in the security of the believer. I believe in the Holy Spirit has sealed us. There's a guarantee of the Holy Spirit um, that we're not plucked out of the Father's hand. But our salvation is not a game to play around with. Yeah, I agree and, with that. Um, 
And and that's where I think that some people who who really question the security of believer because there's different instance cases of well somebody said they are a believer and now they're living after the world. Were they saved or not saved? I don't know. Um but I believe once you're born again, there's a changed heart. I see where um again Philippians chapter one, verse six, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in us will bring it to completion. And that brings me uh, just great, great uh, comfort uh, knowing that um, that he's going to bring it to completion. So those verses are all throughout the New Testament. But also Paul would say to the Corinthian believers, examine yourselves to see that you're in the faith. Yeah. And um, it reminds me a little bit of what we're going to talk about in Luke's Gospel. Um that um, somebody came to him and said, are many going to be saved? And, and Jesus didn't say, well, I think 20% of Israel will be saved or 20% of humanity. He says, you strive to enter into the narrow gate. And it isn't that we strive, we work to get into heaven. We know that there's one way, that's through Jesus Christ, but that word means to agonize. It means to really take it seriously and to know that there's a surrender to Jesus Christ and a turning to him. And they're going to be, as he goes on and he talks about when the master will shut the door, there's a lot of people around the gate, but they haven't gone through the gate. Mm-hmm. So there, there may be those who are saying they're Christians or think they're saved, they're deceived into it. That's why we need to make the gospel very, very clear that Jesus came to die for sinners in which you are sinners. There's repentance and turning to him and a surrender to him. And as we do, we're born again by the Spirit of God. He makes all things new, and we are a new creature in Christ. So hopefully that helps. Absolutely. And that's kind of the way I am, is like once you're in the salvation, if you're truly his, there's no way once you found that peace that you can turn your back on that. So if you were truly with him, there's no way you would truly leave. And that's, yeah. yeah. And another verse I want to give to you that I'd like to turn to is in Revelation um, chapter 3, I believe that talks about um, that those who are overcomers um, and and look there will names will not be written um, taken away out of the book of life and a definition of an overcomer is one who is a believer uh, so that promise is given as as you become a believer your name is not going to be taken out of the book of life and um, I know that's in Revelation chapter, I believe it's chapter 3, one of the seven churches, so you might look at that. I'm familiar um, with that, so there's at least the yeah. first seven churches and the letters and stuff like that in Revelation. So. Right. And I know okay. in Matthew, it's, I think it's 24, it says, He that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Yeah. So and, it's one um, of those kind of things you have to, you know, persevere and press in all the way to the end. Like you said, it's not something you can mess with your salvation. So why, yeah, try, to, it, why try to find an outlet or an inlet, you know, or just just do the best you can, and, and I think God and, and will. And the reason, yeah, and I think you bring up some good points, uh, Michael, because, and by the way, that's Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse 5, uh, for you to, to look up. Okay. But the reason is because I've had Christians that feel like, oh, I failed, 
they base their their salvation on performance and they feel like okay i i've struggled in this area or i failed in this area and i've lost my salvation I've talked to some believers that feel like one week they're saved and then the next week they're not saved. And and I want believers to know that, you know, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we are called to holiness. We are called, you know, called to press forward for holiness and uh, to pursue that. And so it isn't a like I said, something that we take lightly, our salvation. It's a great salvation. And to be thankful and to keep growing in the things of the Lord. But I do believe in the security of the believer. And I do too. I really do. If you're really his, then you're his forever. Amen. Yeah, amen. All well, right. Thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate that. You bet. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Michael. All right. Bye-bye. You bet. All right. Let's go to line two. Donna, you're from Maryland. Hey, Donna. Donna, you there? Okay, I wanted to get this call in. We're almost done because she's calling from Maryland, and I just I'm grateful for you guys from the east. I want uh, you guys to keep calling and um, calling in. I, I've been wanting to talk from somebody from the east, but let's pray for her as we're going to close for struggling with a husband. And Lord, you know who she is. She called in. She made the time. She's on the east. I just pray for her that you bless her and help her. And Lord, uh, whatever troubles they're going through, that they would turn to you, look to you for healing. Uh, for, um, Lord, restoration and their love to come together. Um, Lord, do that work in Donna's life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for calling. We had a great show. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.